Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. You doing good? It is so great to be back. In fact, this is our this is my first time preaching for about a month. And uh, so I hope I can still do it actually. Um, uh, if not, I guess we'll, 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 we'll find that out before the end of the, uh, of the service. If there's no one else uh, apart from Pastor Christ, uh, Christian in the front row, then uh, I'll know that I've got to go back to the drawing board. But uh, we, uh, Valerie and I flew in yesterday and we've had a, a, just a wonderful uh, handful of weeks off over Christmas and New Year with the family and uh, particularly our little grandkids. Um, we, we are smitten grandparents, as most grandparents are. And uh, we, for our, my birthday on the 9th of January, um, I know the, the card's in the, in the mail, but uh, um, I, we, took, we took the whole family to the zoo in, in, in Sydney. And there's a couple of shots. I don't know whether you got the big one or, the, uh, or just the little ones first. Just give me an update with the fam. That's the whole tribe there, including Elise on the far end, who's uh, back with us for a bit from L.A., and uh, the grandkids and so forth there as well. And uh, so that was wonderful. And a bit of an upfront, if we got up close, uh, I think uh, little Aubrey. Did you get any others there? Uh, and go! <laughs> Boo! They are much, they're much closer, the other ones we've got, and uh, they are, they're beautiful shots, but we won't worry about them, no problem at all. Um, hey, listen, I, I, at the start of the year, and this is not a bad practice for probably for the last 35 years, really, since I've been walking with God, I try and get away and uh, just get out of the, the, the craziness of the of the busy busyness, you know, like we've got a our culture in 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 the broader sense is a bit crazy. You've got to admit, like you know, the the pace we are we are obsessed with speed, whether it's speed of cars or speed of service or speed of internet or whatever it might be. It's got to be instant, right? Uh, the coffee culture has us all kind of on edge and so forth. It's just it's just this kind of manic thing. Not a not a place for the impatient. You might know you're impatient when, when, the, when the, cl- the door closer on the elevator starts talking to you. Push me, push me, push me. How many think that some elevators or lifts, whatever, they, they take an age to, for the doors to shut? Like we're here already, ready to go up or down. Yeah. Um, or, or how many feel like sick in the stomach, like if, if you get in a long queue? It's like, I don't know. Or you get behind someone. And you're in a hurry uh, in, in the car and they have a little hat on and they're driving very, very slowly. How many feel like doing something really bad at that time? The, this is the, the whole impatience. So I, I try and unplug from that um, several times a year, but particularly at the start of the year. And this particular year, I just drove about, about 40 or 50 minutes south of us there's actually some beautiful beaches and, and so forth, a little bit akin to Cornwall. So the rough cliffs and so forth, just really beautiful. And uh, there was an old beaten up hotel that was there destitute for years. They've done up and it's right out on a point. You've got like 180 degree views of the ocean and stuff. It was just really nice. And so I'm down there and I had a good time. But to be honest, I didn't really get what I, was, what I, was, what I came, come for. 
Um, there was, uh, and so, so I'm on the way back and something really amazing happens. Let me take your mind back with me a couple of years, probably hands for several years ago. And we were driving, Valor and I were just driving in our area and we got one of those phone calls from your kids, like they're panting on the other end of the phone. Dad, you've got to come. Mum, you've got to come quick. There was a youth camp that was down at the beach near where I was. And, uh, and like I said, this is several years ago. And, uh, and they, I said, what's going on? What happened? She said, well, they were out there on a sandbank and there was about 30 kids in the water and the sandbank collapsed. And there was a huge set came through. And before they realised that there were 30 of our kids bobbing around in the water and there was only, I think, one or two lifeguards on duty. So a number of our youth leaders went to work and dragged our kids out. They were lined up on the sand like beached whales, just trying to get water out of them and and so forth. Uh, Tragically, in that situation, we got all of our kids were fine. By the time we arrived, there were still people lying along the beach and uh, two had been given up for dead. Not our kids, but there was an older gentleman and a younger tourist. The older guy sadly died. In fact, our daughter Elise consoled the parents, uh, sorry, the mother and the daughter, when they were told that, that, that her hus- husband and dad had passed away. The other younger guy, the, the emergency service people had given him up. And, uh, and Tim, our, our youth pastor, who was very adept at the surf, knew all the resuscitation thing, he said, I want to go. And they said, he's gone. He's, he's, he's like, he's gone. He's no, no pulse, nothing for a long time. And uh, we just had a healing evangelist through town who'd just been really talking to us about stepping out in faith, right? And uh, Tim thought, I'm going to give this a shot. So Tim starts resuscitating. The guy came out trying. He said, no, no, no. And so eventually the, 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 a breath came in and, uh, and, and the guy said, no, that just happens. Like it's a, a natural autonomic expulsion of air. And Tim, so Tim got a pulse back and this kid is alive today as a result of it. Something, something, there's something in this whole breath thing. And as I drove back, mindful of that, and just past that area after having had my time away, this is like a week or two ago, I felt, this, felt the Lord say, here's your word for the year. It's powerful. You've got to keep doing this. Here's your word for the year, Michael. Breathe. Breathe. You say, well, yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing it. No, no, it wasn't, you, you're with me on this. It wasn't just like, <laughs> keep breathing. It was, it was take a moment. See, I can get a bit pr- frenetic in my life. Our, our schedule's pretty crazy. Last year, we, as I think I said, we were, over, we were away from home about 300 nights. We catch more airplanes than I can uh, even want to think about. And, and the Holy Spirit said to me, and I want to bring this to you, at this time of prayer and fasting, I want to bring an encouragement to you that the Holy Spirit may be putting into some of your hearts in the midst of all that's going on. Breathe. Breathe. Something powerful about that. Um, You know, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, here's something I only saw this morning, literally. And I've never preached this message. This is a brand new message, which I don't always feel comfortable with because it's nice when you've preached it a couple of times and you get to know it. But I just, I am confident in this. 
that I believe God is going to speak to some people today. And I believe there's going to be some fresh breath come into your spirit today and into your soul. In, uh, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we read, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground. Uh, the word man there is Adam, which is the word red, red dust. He, he formed man from the dust of the ground. And then it says, and breathed into his nostrils. Everyone say breathed. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Some versions say a living soul. Now here's an interesting thing. There's a link between the breath and the creation of a soul. It's the breath of God that that distinguishes us from all of the other animal kingdom. The breath of God in our nostrils and in our, in our lives forms us. Not, we haven't got a soul. We are a soul. We are an eternal. You are not a, a, a natural being having a temporary eternal uh, situation here. You are an eternal being having a temporary natural experience. So we, you, you, everyone here, we have been destined to live for eternity. Our soul is the thing that lives on. And so here, I love, and again, I've never seen this before, the connection between the breath of God and a soul. Now, there's been a lot of research done over the last uh, several years, couple of, even sooner than decades, couple of, several years, on this whole notion of the power of the breath and, and how our breathing is the only autonomic function. In other words, function you do without you thinking about it that you can actually control. You can't control the pace of your heart. I mean, you know, if you get really good, you can pull your heart rate down and, and, and high elite sports people, and there's not many of us left, uh, actually <laughs> learn to do that. Very rude people here. Um, and uh, but 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 breathing, you can actually just just be conscious a moment. On your, this is not a, a meditation session, but just you, you just think of it. Just just get in touch. Breathe, breathe fast. You're consciously doing that. Breathe slow. Just keep breathing, right? You can actually control your breathing. Here's what they've learnt. Your breathing, your brain listens to your breathing more than any other automatic fun- autonomic function in your body. You think, why would that be? Well, frankly, you can go without food for a month. You choose not to, but you could do that. You can go without water for a week or two. You, you can only go for a couple of minutes without air. So when you start tuning into your breathing... Your, your, your brain goes, oh, oh okay, let's, let's listen. And your breathing and your soul or your emotions, your mind and your will are intimately connected. His name was Jake. And he was commanding a, a convoy of cars in Afghanistan, of, of, of army cars, uh, American commander. And he was on the last one. And as they passed particularly through this area, an IED, not IUD, IED exploded and uh, there was an incredible bang. When the dust settled, here was this guy, he looked down and his legs were just disheveled from the knee down. He'd learnt a breathing technique. That they call it square breathing. 
where you breathe out for four counts, breathe in for four counts. Breathe out for four counts, breathe in for four counts. And it was said afterwards, once he did that and captured the moment by controlling his breathing, controlled his emotions. We'll get into the biblical part in a minute. But they said this about him. They said, had he not done that, he, he then had the presence of mind to tourniquet his legs. He then had the presence of mind to look out for his other troops. He then had the present mind, presence of mind to command reinforcements to come in. He controlled his breathing and actually controlled his soul. He controlled his, well, your soul is made up of your mind, your emotions and your will. You think about it, when someone's really anxious, their breathing's really fast. If you can just, if you can just control that, it's very, very powerful. I think this, there's something to this that God breathed into Adam the breath of life and he became a living soul. As you slow yourself down and breathe, even at this time of prayer and fasting, where, where many of you are choosing to forego food either uh, at all or just drink water or juice or Daniel fast or wherever you're, you're finding your level, you're doing something to put something aside in order to focus up on who He is. And as was said so powerfully early on, believing for absolute breakthrough in your life. We do live in a stifling age that so easily can get the better of us. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, we read this, May the Lord bless Onesiphorus and all his family, because he visited me and encouraged me often. His visits revived me like a breath of fresh air. Isn't that powerful? His visits revived me like a breath of fresh air. You see, biblically, the word spirit in the New Testament and the word breath are actually the same word. Ruach. There's something about the Spirit of God and this whole notion of breathing. God's heart, even the name of God, in some Orthodox Jewish circles, they still will not pronounce the name of God. Our anglicized version is spelt Jehovah, J-E-H-O-V-A-H. In the, in the Hebrew language, they drop out all the vowels because they consider the consonants in that context vowels. And, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's Y-H-V-H. Is, is the, and when you actually say it in the Hebraic kind of context, it actually sounds like a breath. So even the very name of God is, is synonymous with this whole truth of breathing. Genesis chapter 2, as we read a few moments ago, makes it very clear that, that man was lifeless. There was no soul in man until God breathed into his nostrils. Now, if that's the case of the creation of man... Why would not it be the case to sustain man at the level that God intends for us to live? Not at a level that's scratching around with the turkeys, 
but a level that's soaring with eagles, a level that is rising up with the wind of God like, like, like an eagle and actually living in that faith zone so that breakthrough is not an unusual thing. Breakthrough is our second name. When you live with the breath of God in your spirit, then God says nothing you face will be impossible for you. God said, Michael, the word for the year is breathe, is breathe. I want you just to breathe. I want you to breathe me in. I want you to to take time to, to breathe. I want you to take time not to get caught up in the frenetics. Uh, John, in John chapter 20, uh, verse 22, he says, when he said this, he breathed on them. This is Jesus And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Friend, that's not a once-er. That's not a once-off. The notion of be continually filled by continually receiving the breath of God is an ongoing thing. In John chapter 6, 63, it says, it's the Spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are ruach, they're spirit, they're breath. And they... Our life. Breathing is so fundamental, not only to our biology, but to our spirituality. And I'm, I, I commend you. And it may be that some of you haven't yet lent into this. You, you've kind of been one of those, and I've been there, where, you know, pastor gets up and says, we're prayer and fasting. He says, yeah, prayer and feasting, all right. And, you, and for some reason, you've counted yourself out of that crew. And I, 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 no doubt there'd be a small group of people that are going hard at this. Now, it's not a striving thing, but there are others that have kind of discounted yourself. You know, oh, I couldn't handle not having a meal for, uh, you know, like a food for a, a meal a day or whatever. Can I really encourage you of the benefits of doing anything sacrificially to actually elevate, to, to bring preeminence to the ma- magnificent God of all of creation. Can I throw the gauntlet of challenge down to you? That even maybe this week, you might, you, might, you might click in. You might say, well, this is scary. I've never done this before. I might need some advice. I need to pray about this. That's the idea that God supernaturally sustains you and that there's a, there's a continual breath of God in your lungs. And even the time that you would spend uh, preparing and eating you know, it's amazing when you, when you just chill out on the food side of things, how much extra discretionary time you might have. And I, and I promise you, with rare exceptions, and I hope not you're, one of the, you're not one of those, you won't die by missing a few meals. If you feel like you do, check with your doctor. We eat far too much in our lives. But can I really encourage you to click in and lean in? Because this is not for everyone else. God on the other side of your step of obedience is wanting to do something extraordinary. The overflow is not just a banner over my head right now. The overflow is a reality of you continually receiving the fresh breath of God. Any friends in that? Is that your heart today? And so God's desire is to continually fill you. The God, the breath of God gives life gives breath spiritually, naturally to each one of us. The breath of God can also break through the stress mess that so many of us find ourselves in. You know, this guy, let's come back to him. On this, on this, 
Onesiphorus is his name. Onesiphorus is his name. And this guy only gets a mention twice in the Bible. Uh, there are some commentators that say the dude that Philemon wrote, wrote about, um, Onesimus, or Onesimus was the same guy. I don't know whether that's true or not. But, but this actual name, Onesiphorus, is only mentioned twice. Now, now Paul, uh, Paul had an interesting existence. Once he converted to Christ, he went full on for Jesus. He left everything behind. It was a radical turnaround from basically being a terrorist. That's what he was. Paul, make no mistake, in our, in our current vernacular, present day vernacular, Paul would have been classed as a terrorist. He was killing and throwing into jail Christians. God met him, radically converted him. But frankly, not everyone liked his message. In fact, some of those that started on the course did not stay the course. Let me read you a couple of verses here, which I think are very, very powerful. One of my favourite verses is in 2 Timothy 2.2. 2 Timothy 2.2. It says, Commit these things to faithful and faith-filled people who are able to teach others. It's, it's a quintessential multiplication little verse. Commit these things. What things? The truth of God's Word. Commit these things to faithful men who are then able, or women, able to then pass it on and teach others. And so I, I read that, and, and it's, you know, I, I would preach that in most times I was with leaders and pastors. But, but what I've not actually had a close look at is the lead-in to that, to be really frank. Let me, let me pick up the, pick up the, uh, the reading, uh, a couple of verses into the previous chapter. So we're coming from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. It says, Paul's writing here to Timothy, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and love which were in Jesus Christ, that good thing which was committed to you. Keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. That's, again, the breath of God. This you know that all of those in, <clears throat> in Asia have turned away from me. Paul copped incredible opposition and rejection. All of those in Asia, and he names a couple. Uh, Phygelus and Hermogenes, they're the worst, really. They've turned away. They've been, Paul has given a commission by God to bring the word. And here's these, these uh, upstarts that are turning their back and, and working against him. So that's Paul's context. And then he says, The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, who, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. So not only was he consistent in, in his thing here, but he, he was not put off by, he was able to push through the, the shame of being a, so, you know, there's some people that when they learn that you're a believer, they'll try and make you feel like an idiot. Oh, really? You believe in pixies as well? And, and Onesiphorus was, no, 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 this is a mission God's given me. I, I'm called to bring the breath of God into one of the greatest apostles of all time. And, and I'm going I'm to do that consistently. It says, for then he refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. And, and it says, when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out zealously and found me. This was not an easy fix. I can imagine Onesiphorus going from jail to jail. He didn't know where Paul was. So he was really persistent 
and push through obstacles. He didn't go, well, the Lord must not be in it when he went to the first jail and Paul wasn't there. Well, praise the Lord, I'll go and just pray for him. No, he, he hung in there. And then it goes on and says, the Lord grant to him. So Paul keeps at this. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. Paul ends up interceding for Onesiphorus. Interesting, um, the, the, the word Onesiphorus literally means profitable builder. So this breath of God, as he, if you want to be used by God and want to be refreshed yourself, one of the greatest single ways for you actually to do that is actually to refresh other people. In, in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter um, 11, verse 25, it says, The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Maybe you're a bit down, you're a bit poorly right now. You're a bit down in the dumps. Can I really encourage you? The worst thing to do is for you to lock the door, pull the shades down and sit and feel sorry for yourself. This verse here gives you the key as to how to break out and get refreshed. And that is get on the front foot, lean in, refresh other people and you will be refreshed. Has anyone ever had that experience? where you were feeling down, you encouraged someone else all the way to your own happiness. The same with generosity. Maybe you're, you're doing it tough right now financially. Well, what we want to do is we want to hunker down. We want to say, oh, I'm not going to give anyone anything. It, I'm not talking about amounts of money here necessarily. Just a small little thing. Bake them a cake. Not only will you feel better, but you're actually sowing seed into your own situation. And so when we talk about the breath of God, the breath of God is not given to us to store up in our lungs. The breath of God is given to us so that there might be an overflow from us to actually bless a whole lot of other people. So number one, the breath of God actually fills each and every one of us. The, the breath of God can actually break through the stress mess we find ourselves in. You, you, here's two things you need to do. You need to find an, an onesiphorus and you need to be an onesiphorus. You need to find someone that'll encourage. If everyone in your world drains your soul, get a new world. Get a new world. There are some, seriously, there are some times where people you've called friends Actually, it's called sentiment. And they, they, their behaviour, even in some cases after several years, have proven they are not friends. They are sponges. Now, I'm not talking about don't minister to people that are broken, but certainly don't expect encourage. Find a place, find a pond, find a world that you can get encouraged. Because as you are encouraged, then you can actually encourage others. <clears throat> There's a powerful story in Ezekiel 47. And it's a, it's a valley. And as far as the eye can see, there are these dry, sun-parched bones. You can imagine, they used to be alive. And you can even go a little further than that and think, I wonder, I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened to them. Was it a war? Was it an army uh, came and they were all killed? Uh, you know, for us, again, thinking spiritually, not just naturally, in our valleys of dry bones, the Bible says that, 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 that sin actually dries up our bones. 
that, 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 that when we, that we disobey God, it dries us up. Whatever it might be. I, I don't need to be a prophet here today to realize there are some people here and you've got areas of your life that feel like that valley of dry bones. There was a question that was asked, not just what are they, who are they, and what happened to them. But here's the question that was asked specifically in the prophetic word. It's can these bones live? And I'm here to declare to you today that area of dry bones, it might be a besetting sin or temptation that's pulling you down. When we ask the question, can those bones live? I want to declare over you today prophetically a hearty yes in Jesus' name. Those bones can, that opportunity in the marketplace with your job that seems to have slammed in your face, can those bones live? I want to prophesy a hearty yes in Jesus' name. In, the, in, in your own mar- family situation, can these bones of my marriage or my wayward child live? Yes, yes, yes. Can, can my thinking that at times is like a stinking old, I feel the vultures circling the thoughts that go through my head. Can those bones live? Can those bones live? God's heart knows exactly what that situation is. And today, even as he brings it to remembrance to you, I believe he wants to do something very, very powerful in that situation. Dry bones have a future, if only you can see. Dry bones have a hope, if only you can believe. Dry bones have ears, if only you can speak. We spend way too much time in the kingdom of God speaking about stuff rather than speaking to stuff. God has given you an authority that is the authority comes from the name of Jesus that's above every other name. That at that name, every knee's gonna bow. At that name, every tongue's gonna confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So speak to those dry bones, just like Ezekiel did. Dry bones have a future. They have life if you can call the breath of God. The breath of God is there for every one of us. My prayer for you as we start to just close this particular part of the service, which for a preacher means nothing. My prayer for you is that this year, 2018, see the overflow comes out of the fullness of the flow and the fullness of the flow comes out of the breath of God. Could you discipline yourself to actually take some time out. Even over this next little bit, maybe you haven't lent into the prayer and fasting, but today you say, come on, it's scary. I've never done it before. I'm going to do that. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there where, the, where, the, where the, 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 the body of Christ gathers, where the community is together. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God over what I'm going to fast about to get the fresh breath of God in your heart and in your spirit. The fresh breath of God can break through the stress mess, find an onesiphorus and be an onesiphorus. Be that one that's a profitable builder and a refresher 
in Jesus' name. I reckon it's one of the most powerful spiritual gifts. Being able to be hospitable, being able to refresh someone. So wonderful. It won't only bless them, you will get your socks blessed off. The fact that some of you opened the drapes this morning, looked out and saw a bit of snow coming down and it would have been so easy to shut the drapes, put the duvet over and go back to sleep and say, oh, pastor, I was feeling a bit poorly. But you didn't. You let in. You opened the drapes and said, snow. I love snow. We're going to church. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord to get the breath of God. In Mark chapter 15, verse 37. I might preach in a minute. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. And the temple veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this, he breathed his last. He said, truly, this man was the son of God. Heaven was silent when Jesus breathed his last. Heavenly Father had turned his back on his son because he became the, 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 the focus of all the sins of the world. And God the Father cannot look on sin. That's why Jesus paid the price for you and I. Jesus breathed his last. And there will be a day when you and I will do the same. It's the truth. Just want to encourage you this morning. You're going to die. But you know the wonderful news. The breath of God is in you. The breath of God is in you. You might say, gee, I hope it is. Well, let's talk for a minute. Just you and me. Just, just us. Is that okay? Here's the thing. You don't have to remain doubtful about that. Jesus made it very clear that he took your sin upon that cross. And what he simply wants you to do, you didn't have to go to the cross. That means your eternal death has been saved. What you need to simply do is consciously and intentionally acknowledge what Jesus has done for you. And so you don't have to, you might be a younger person here and there's stuff going on in your life and you're messing up a little bit or someone here and though you're in church, you think, man, I feel like dead as a dodo on the inside, dry bones, talk about that. My spirit is like that. Well, why would you walk out of here the same way you came in? (sighs) The breath of God. (sighs) The breath of God. I'm going to simply pray for every single person here who would say, Michael, I'm not totally sure where my salvation is at. I don't know where my spirit is at. And I want you to really know that Jesus Christ loves you. If you were the only person on planet Earth, he still would have died for you because you're so, I know that's a cliche, but you're so worth it. And today, I believe that Jesus wants to breathe afresh his spirit, his breath into your heart. If today, here's what I'm going to get you to do. I want you to close your eyes right now. All across the house, close your eyes. That'll simply just block out any distractions so that you can focus up on what I'm saying. 
No matter who you are, how long you've been coming, you might have prayed a prayer many years ago or even months ago, or maybe you've never ever prayed that prayer that simply acknowledges your need of Jesus. Can I really encourage you? If that's you, in a moment, I'm going to give every one of you an opportunity to lift your hand and say, Michael, that's me. Could you pray for me? I want to make sure that all is well with my soul. If you've never made that decision, or maybe you have some time ago, but you haven't been walking with Jesus, today's the day to come back into that sweet spot that God wants you to dwell. In acknowledging that, your sins will be forgiven and the fresh breath of God will come into you and you'll have a fresh start in Him. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm simply going to count to three. When I hit three, every one of you, it says, Michael, I need to get my life right with Jesus or I need to come back into that place that I know God wants me to dwell. Every one of you, slip your hand up. So you ready? One, Jesus Christ loves you so very, very much. He took your sin and mine so that when you do breathe your last, there is no fear in that moment. You understand you're being accepted by Him through the sacrifice that He made in the eyes of your heavenly Father. You are as Jesus. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. When you hear His voice, don't turn away but respond to him. Here we go right now. When I say three, everyone who says, Michael, that's me you're talking to. Can, can you pray for me? Can you, can you include me in this final prayer? Here we go right now. If you need to get your life right with Jesus, lift your hand right now. Three, right across the house. Many hands, several hands up right now. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. You are the very first over there on the aisle. God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Yep, right up there in the left-hand side, right down the front here. God bless you, darling. I sense the Holy Spirit just doing a fresh work in people's lives. Anyone else, you haven't raised your hand, but you want to. Just lift it up. I see that hand too, sweetie. That's one. Yeah, God bless you. Yes. Thank you, darling. I'm glad we waited for you. Arena, can we just give those people a rousing encouragement? And-